1: Welcome to Frau Pau. We're your hosts, Aud and Rags. Hey, hi, hello. You are listening to uh, an episode from our immigration series. If you are a little bit lost, please go back to our preface where we introduce this. Today, we're going to talk to Toto from Bulgaria. We hope you enjoy the series. So we're going to get started, um, and we're going to start really easy. Who are you? Where are you from?
0: All right. Um, well, I'm Toto. That's a nickname. My real name's Apostol. Or in Bulgarian, it's Apostol, which where I'm from, Bulgaria. It's uh, a very small country. Not a lot of people have heard of it.
1: How old were you when you came to the United States?
0: I was five and a half turning i was it was april i came to america on april 1st mm-hmm. so I was five and a half because i'm born in july so yeah
2: okay
1: um do you remember what it was like when you first came to the united states
0: uh yes yeah. first i remember we had a drive from the city where i live which is on the eastern part of Bulgaria. And we had to drive to the western part of Bulgaria, which is about six hours difference. And at that moment in time, there was no real major highways. And there was no big cars in Bulgaria, really. So I was kind of laid in the back window, somewhat like that, and rode for six hours till we got to the plane.
1: Um, and Bulgaria was part of the Soviet Union by at that point, right?
0: yeah we were communist
1: do you remember do you remember what it was like living um living in a communist nation at that time
0: yeah i mean it wasn't i wasn't in a super metropolitan area so i had I went to visit a lot of villages where my grandparents were so I had like a kind of an escape from the city where it's very compact and very uh, you know modern, while the villages still had horses and wagons and people walked everywhere.
1: So you drove six hours Mm -hmm. and you got onto a plane and you came to the United States and what was your first, like, your first experience like in the United States?
0: A lot of bright lights. Uh, When you fly into JFK and you've been, like, you know, on a plane for for so long and you come from a country where there's some, you know, lights are out and lights don't work at times, there's no electricity, you're kind of like, wow, there's a lot of electricity here. Um, that's the first thing you notice. And a lot of people. A lot, a lot of people.
1: Yeah. Especially if you're flying in the JFK. Yes. So why did your family decide to up and come to the United States?
0: Well, I think my parents kind of got the bright idea because my uncle on my father's side was already living here. He escaped Bulgaria in the 70s. He actually escaped and came to live here. And my dad, my parents saw that, you know, communism was kind of crumbling and there won't be really any kind of infrastructure of of jobs and safety and security. So we kind of made the decision to pack our bags and go.
3: And did your parents have jobs lined up um, in the U.S. when you guys came over? Or were they just going to kind of figure it out?
0: The figure it out part, I think. They didn't really mm-hmm. think everything through, I think. Uh, they thought it would be a little easier to get everything set up, done. But, yeah, it wasn't like that.
3: Um, did you guys... Um... Where did you guys go? Where was, did you guys go to live with your uncle once you got here?
0: Yes, he lived, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with the area here. He lived in Walden, New York, which is a very small village. I know. Yeah, it's, it's very small and it's very Republican and very white, American white. So it was very different you could say
1: what's the difference between american white and european white
0: um europeans walk a lot of places Mm
1: -hmm. that
0: was the first thing i saw we would walk to get food we would walk to school we would walk here you know everywhere um a lot of americans had like more than one car we were like why do they have like Three, four cars in their driveway. It was it was a lot of cars, in a in that small village.
1: Yeah, that must have been a like a bit of a culture shock, especially if you know you lived somewhere in the countryside in Bulgaria during like the Soviet Union time. So you're part of this Eastern Bloc, and then you come to the United States, and people have more than one giant, big expenditure.
0: Oh yes, and it, it, it was even worse, like. When you come here, you're kind of like, you have the language barrier, you have the cultural barrier, you, you have like so much barriers around you kind of like, kind of stuck with your own people sort of, and you kind of have to like, work with what you have.
1: Yeah. Um, did you know English when you came here? Did your parents know English?
0: Uh, my dad did visit here about six months before we came in. He visited my uncle. Uh, he learned a couple of words, which he brought back, and I learned screwdriver, was, uh, I learned hello, and I learned bathroom. That was my top three words of English when I came.
1: I mean, two out of the three aren't bad. I don't know what a five-year-old would need a screwdriver for, but...
0: It just stuck with me. I don't know.
1: <laughs> so what was it like to learn English here?
0: well when i came to walden i have an older sister and i was more of a person who would go outside and not really read or you know do any kind of learning of english While she will sit down and learn more but i would be more interactive with playing with kids while she was not so i learned more playing with kids more interactions while she learned more book knowledge in english Mm. but Uh, When I first came here, I went into kindergarten and I passed after I was here for two and a half months. So, you know, that makes sense. And then I went to first grade, which was very hard for me because I didn't know anything. And they put me in uh, ESL, which I think was, believe that was what they called it. Me and my sister both in the same class of ESL, we really didn't understand what was happening. They just showed us pictures and we kind of put one plus one together. This was what this is in English. So we kind of like did visual learning.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. Um, then around, I've after I failed my first time in first grade, they brought me back to the same teacher and I started doing it again. But we moved to Middletown, you know, within half the year. And uh, I went to ESL again in Middletown School District. And that's totally different. Uh, the ones in Walden Elementary was kind of like, you know, a little bit segregated, but at least the teacher was trying to be one-on-one with me and my sister, sort of, so it was a little better learning. While the one in Middletown was basically, they put me in a classroom with three to four people who were Spanish, and they would talk to me in Spanish as well as in English, which, you know, is not the same language as Bulgarian, so didn't really help out.
1: Yeah. So does bring up a question that I do want to ask. Um, do you speak any other languages besides Bulgarian and English?
0: Uh, yes, because Bulgarian is similar to Russian or Serbian or Macedonian. I could talk to them slowly and they'll understand me and I can understand them. And also, I in high school, I, taught, and I didn't teach, but I learned French mm-hmm. and I got good at it. Uh, and also in college, I took Italian.
1: No, I'm just I'm just saying because I know that a lot of the Bulgarians that I know and a lot of Eastern Europeans that I know a lot of them end up knowing like some sort of Polish, Ukrainian, Russian, something of that yep. nature. Yep. You're kind of forced to be, you know, bilingual or a polyglot.
0: Yeah, like if you – talk to the older uh, Bulgarians. They probably know German, so yeah. that was one of the uh, – language they took was german
1: so what surprised you the most about america
0: that's that's really hard it's like everything it's totally different from a society that has you know lights out by 9 p.m some bread lines, uh buses to everywhere public transportation was a big thing there and walking while well, here it's like you get in a car you go to the store you come back uh, everyone had like giant TVs. Well, so I thought they were giant because you know, Bulgarian TVs are so smaller, mm-hmm. like, there were <laughs> things. Um, I know American sports were like a big thing football, uh, baseball, basketball. They were like such big, like, things that people like craved all the time. Well, in Bulgaria, it's more like oh, you know, the football game or soccer game is on, and that's probably it. You know, you're pretty much set. And, like, once a day, once a week, you're good to go. Uh, TV is a big thing here. That really, like, wow. Like, in Bulgaria, there's a section of time for kids from, like, I think it was like six to eight, and that was it. That was all the kids' TV you had. And that's basically, like, how to be a good person and how to be a good communist kid and stuff like that. And then 1990, I think the Ninja Turtles came on in Bulgarian, which was pretty cool. But yeah, it's it's like almost everything's different. It's a totally different system.
3: Um, And do you still have family in Bulgaria?
0: I have distant cousins like, um, second third cousin stuff like that but most of my immediate family is here
3: i just i find it always really interesting that um like immigrant communities tend to congregate in certain areas mm-hmm. um like when my so my grandfather um his family emigrated from hungary and um he then moved to miami um after he married my grandmother and like found the like two other Hungarians that lived in Miami and you're like, like it just, it's so interesting to me. Um, and I love how those networks sort of get built, um, especially when you're immigrating to the U S where it's so big.
0: Oh no, it's, it's like crazy. Like sometimes you just go into a store and you're not even sure what's happening, you know, just shopping around.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Remember
0: we went to play talks, which was, this is like 1992, 1993 let's say, and me my grandmother and my mom were there shopping for something. I have no idea what now. And we hear somebody in Bulgaria and we're like, oh my God, there's people in Bulgaria. You know, we're all like, <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, we." and we go right up to him, like, you know, hello, what's your name? You know, you start chatting them up and you know, you start talking to him because it's kind of like, like you found somebody of your own. You're like, oh my God, you're like us, sort of. Mm-hmm. And you know, kind of find them by accident sometimes. Yeah. So it, it was good you know,
3: Yeah, I have um, a friend who's Serbian, um, and she went to grad school in Pittsburgh, and she was like, it's like at home, and I can get all all the foods that I want to get, and like there's so many Serbs here, like I don't even have to speak in English, I can go get like Serbian groceries from the grocery store, she's like, it's so, like, obviously it's not as good as being home, but you can still get all the things that you, like, can make you feel at home, Yeah, which is cool.
0: Yeah, I mean, I went to Las Vegas like three years ago, and there's a Bulgarian store. I'm like, and I told my friend who visited there, I'm like, let's go check it out. So we went to check it out. She's like, and I started talking Bulgarian. She's like, oh my God. I'm like, yes, this is Bulgarian stuff. This and this and this. And I just started packing my stuff. I mean, it just happened.
4: As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch. Grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at Shopify.com slash Realm, all lowercase. Go to Shopify.com slash R E A L M. Now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in, Shopify.com slash Realm.
3: Um, what are some of the challenges that you faced? um when you came to america
0: well the first one i would definitely say is the language barrier uh the good thing is that i was a kid so i could pick it up quicker
2: Mm -hmm.
0: you know i would you know go to school play with kids who are speak english so i would pick it up from them Uh, of course you were in the poor neighborhood so i did pick up a lot of curse words too like you know, like the F bombs, you find you get those really quickly because uh, they're easy to pronounce. Um, the food, oh my God, I remember when we discovered what Cinnamon Toast Crunch was, we were like, oh my God, what is this? This is great. Well, you yeah, know, you and every sugar. other
3: kid in America, I don't know if that's a <laughs> unique like, experience. <laughs>
0: um, or like what a muffin is or a bagel, like, you know, it's totally different. Like, it's a bagel. What's a bagel? What's a muffin? Is it a cupcake? We thought it was a cupcake, you know. We didn't know what it was. Like, we know what a cupcake is, sort of. Like, it's a muffin, right? No, it's different. So, yeah. Uh, We found out what good pizza was because Bulgaria is not known for pizza. So, uh, yeah. Pizza was delicious. (laughs) I read a lot of books from Book It. We get some free pizzas. Not going to (laughs)
1: lie. So, What's the best thing you experienced here? Like, what's the best part about being in America?
0: I think the best part to come to America is, I don't want to say be cheesy and saying like the freedom of it, but you do have the freedom to better yourself. Like you have, you could start from nothing and be something. And I've seen my parents do that, you know, especially my father who, you know, came from basically a different country who spoke no English to somebody who speaks English pretty good, pretty well. And who's making like, you know, six figures and, you know, he's doing pretty good for himself and he's retiring about two years with a pension. So, you know, that's great.
1: Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so what's your current, what's your opinion about the current state of affairs, um, in regards to like immigration policies?
0: It's it's very hard to understand the way of of the immigrants. Like, we did go kind of like on a plane. We got here legally, we did. We got work papers. My parents had work papers to stay here. So they had to keep on renewing it. But we still had to pay taxes. We still had to do this. Uh, the illegal immigration that's happening, especially down on the border, and mm-hmm. they're basically running from something that, you know, terrorizing their life, which is a little more worse off than what we had experienced. Like we had no genocide. We had no, you know, horrible enactments to our family or, or you know, people around us. So we weren't really running for our lives. We we're just trying to better our lives. Mm-hmm. They're just trying to from oh. that horror. And I think that's just, you know, really messed up, what they're doing, it's like, you know, just keeping them in cages or keeping them in a, you know, blocking them off from people to see them, to help them if they need to.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no. And it's interesting to get your point of view, especially since you're from, you know, the Eastern Bloc, you're from a Soviet nation, and we we think of, like, the Soviet Union as, like, this great big horror, and, like, maybe they are or were a horror, but, you know, the experiences that you have living in Bulgaria during the Soviet Union time. You know, it's it's different than what other people experienced in the Soviet Union at that time. But it's interesting to hear, like, hear your perspective.
0: It doesn't matter which country you're from or where you're immigrating from. You're still a, kind of a person, you know, you should have some dignity. I mean, wasn't it Eleanor Roosevelt who had natural rights? written into basically law and everybody signed it of all the yeah countries during that moment a time
1: yeah she and, she wrote the you know, know. she had the universal declaration of human rights passed
0: yeah so that's i mean degradation should not be you know something that we should fawn upon for a nation especially as one that enacts freedom mm-hmm. uh, i mean it's it's pretty horrible. Like, I mean, a lot of people have seen the pictures. And I mean, I have Republican friends who, you know, stand by the cages and, you know, all the, the treatment of them, but I'm like, you could, you know, you could explain the cages, you're keeping them at a certain place. So you could, you know, process them, process the whole system, make sure if they could go, they can't go. But you know, to degrade them or to, you know, beat them or sexually assault them or anything like that. That's just not really, you know, something yeah. a country as great as, as of America should be doing, you know?
3: Yeah. Um, with that being said, um, now that you've been here for a while, um, do you feel American?
0: In some ways I do. Uh, like, when I go home, I go, with my I go in a car, I'm not thinking about some, you know, taking a bus doing this, I, I take my car, I want to go sit down and watch TV when I get home. Um, I like chicken fingers. You know, <laughs> uh, it's, it's definitely something that's not Bulgarian, you know, some stuff is definitely not Bulgarian, like I like the American lifestyle. Yes. Am I American? Through and through? it depends where I'm at with which people like if I'm around a group of Americans, I could kind of fit in with them sort of, but I don't think I fit in hundred percent because my mindset is like, Oh, you know, like this, I think in Bulgarian, or I think in this way. And, and I think about something else. Um, or when I'm a bunch of Bulgarians, I think a bit like an American sometimes. So it's kind of like, I'm in the middle. It's kind of like, pulls and tugs a little bit sometimes depending on the people I'm around
1: yeah yeah I totally understand that um so we don't have any more questions for the interview do you have anything else that you would like to add
0: um hmm. I would like to say that uh, the immigration process in itself uh, I'm not sure if you guys are aware of the system and that's in place right now is very long-winded is the best way I could say it. And uh, the way my parents came in was work visas. Mm -hmm. Uh, People do student visas. And they try to go with, uh, try to apply for green cards. And that is some of the most nerve wracking things I've ever seen. Like you pay an absorbent, like a lot of money to apply for this green card. And they just say no without any real reason. Sometimes they're like, no, period. And you're like, do I have to leave the country? They're like, well, no, you can still pay more money for the work visa. Um, When you get that green card, you know, it's a big thing. You know, you you do celebrate. You get, you know, the green card, which is not really green. Uh, Other people have told you that already. But, you know, it's not a green card. It's just a little plastic card with your photo on it. And um, then you try to apply for citizenship after three to five years, depending on, what well, your status is if you're married, if your spouse, if you didn't get it and your spouse got it, you have to wait five years. If you're married, it's three years. If your parents, it's like three years. So there's different circumstances for it. Uh, the good thing is we won the like the green card lottery, I guess it's called mm-hmm. like for a lottery based winning of green card, and we that's what we won. We got green card status that way. My parents and my sister and me, um, and then we had to wait another about almost five, six years until we could apply for citizenship. Mm-hmm. Uh, the citizenship test is, if you know English, is very easy. It's basically just you sit in front of an interviewer and just, if you could talk English perfectly with them, they don't even care about the test anymore because they, the questions are write down, you have a blue car. Uh, tell me your name and what you do for work. You know, stuff like that. Uh, they ask some political questions, like who's the president, who's the vice president, who's the mayor of the city that's in the city and who's the governor, stuff like that. It's not really too difficult,
1: but but (laughs) at the same time though, it's like, what, what if you are coming here and you want to become a citizen, but you actually don't have like a high enough education to read? Like, is there an option to have somebody like talk you through the test?
0: There is, but you have to be a certain age and
2: okay.
0: that I think the age is at 60 or 61. I think if you're above that age category, you could actually have an interpreter with you, which can interpret all the questions and you could answer in You still have to answer in English though, but mm-hmm. he, they could coach you into what to say.
1: Yeah. Interesting. That's yeah. also kind of bullshit.
0: Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> especially because there's two parts to the test so if you fail one of them you fail the test mm. so literacy and literacy and you know reading writing the other one is understanding so if you could understand you're okay but if you fail the literacy or the writing and reading you're kind of screwed
1: so basically they don't want immigrants who not only don't speak english but cannot read in general
3: but we don't have a, a t- yeah a, um official language
1: no we don't we don't have is, an official religion either not. but here we are as a white Christian English speaking nation <laughs>
0: uh, well the best thing that in the and this is part of my history scoring but German was technically the almost official language of America
2: mm-hmm.
0: back in the 1800s so uh, you guys could all thank World War II for changing that
1: yeah thanks Nazis
2: until so then yeah <laughs>
1: well yeah i i mean i know that you you went to school for history and everything we talked about this when i was blacked out drunk one time it was a great conversation (laughs)
2: Mm
1: -hmm. um but that's that's actually like really interesting so we did talk to one other person about their citizenship process and they told us you know they spent twelve hundred dollars to get uh to become naturalized and then they had to spend another twelve hundred dollars For citizenship
0: yeah uh it depends when they went because mine was a little less because i did it back in the early 2000s right before 9-11 happened okay so ours was a bit cheaper but the best thing is when we got granted our green cards we actually had to go to 20 federal plaza in new york city which is the immigration building Mm -hmm. and i have a lot of stories about that but i won't even get into that because it's they're long-winded, just like the lines there. But um, we went there. It was, like, pitch black. It was the Friday after 9-11. So uh, 9-11 happened on Tuesday, so it was, like, a Friday. So everything, you know, there's cops and police or machine guns everywhere because
2: mm-hmm.
0: it's a federal building. And we are escorted with police into this building, this black, pitch dark building. And we are escorted up, like, a couple of uh, flooded stairs. And we go in this dingy place where there's no light except one person with one light on their desk, and this lady's like, "Okay, you guys are uh, you guys are green card holders boop, 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 on the passport, and they send us out." I'm like, "Wow, that's all it really takes is that stamp. That's wow. how much power that stamp has." Yeah, it was it was crazy. We are like escorted by either federal or law enforcement, local law enforcement for New York City. But they were packing a lot of heat. We were escorted all the way through and out. It was crazy.
1: That's, yeah, wow. Man. Mm -hmm. Being in New York City after nine eleven, 9-11, especially as an immigrant, must have just been horrifying.
0: Oh, yeah, it was like, I mean, I was like 17, like turning 17. And you're kind of like, what is happening? You're kind of like scared and bewildered by all these Police force. It was a basically a brute police force present everywhere. Like every federal building, you could tell which one was federal and which one is, you know, state. You could see which one has more cops, which one has most cops, which one was the most precious to the, you know, the system. Yeah. And immigration was pretty packed. Let's just say.
1: Wow. Well, that's. A- thank you. Like, thank you just for sharing that and telling us about it. Just.
0: You know, it's good to share stories like that. It helps people, especially in my in my past situations, you know, people that are going through the immigrant process. Uh, I know we try to help people, Bulgarians or other people that we know that might need to go through immigration. We're like, you know, you have to do this, you have to do this. This is a form that's sign. This is a form that, you, you know, print out and do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. We yep. do try to help. But.
1: That's awesome. Good looking out for each other. I mean, you got to, you
0: know, you're you're like a weird family, sort of, you know, you all come from different places, but you're kind of still like, let me help you out, you know, and be, you know, buddy with you. So we try to help.
3: Yeah. Good for you. That's awesome. Thanks for listening to one of our episodes from our immigration series. You can follow us on social media at pal Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And you can send us an email at pal podcast at gmail.com.